I saw her sitting in the rain. Hi, Hi we're, we're the, the Cowsills. I'm Paul. I'm Bob. And I'm Susan Cowsill. And welcome, welcome, one and all, to the Cowsills Podcast, where we have fun, 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 even when we're being serious, every single week with our music, stories, and weekly special guests from all walks of life. All of us can use a break sometimes. Take a breather, right? Right, right. Well, if that's true for you, then you have arrived at the right place and at the right time. So we want you to sit back, relax, and escape with us into our world of harmony, laughter, and tomfoolery. So let's get to it. Here's today's episode of The Council Podcast. Podcast. Oh, yeah. Welcome to the call. Bye. Here we go. Another week. I heard that oh. moo. Hey, I just wanted to let everybody know really quickly up here that we are going to have a guest on today takes in those people from other worlds and other other jobs other and stuff walks like, of- other walks of life and oh. we're going to have a director producer guy he he directed yes. the, all of my children so yes. you people stand by for that this guy's going to be great michael palmerico and i uh, palmerico or palmerico and he's going to clear that up him. one of the many questions we got hey, from mike that's why i didn't say his name because <laughs> i didn't know which one it was it could be tony dorset thing where it's palmerico Hey, anyway, okay, well, all right, the, the Cassies are reporting in on, oh, on, yes. on, on oh, two yeah. issues in particular. Uh, a couple of people have said the cow sounds sick, weak, uh, and robotic, and, and maybe we ought to... I think you're making that up. Info at council.com. They're right, all right now. Okay, all right, I'll work on it. Okay, I can take criticism. I got, of course, I have to pay for counseling for this freaking cow, but that's fine, guys. No, don't worry. As we have heard from our listeners about this issue that arose because uh, of this repeating our gigs and giving you our schedule at the beginning of each episode. And we had a little pushback. Oh, it gets so tiring. I tell so it's too long. And we said, oh, well, we, won't, we won't do it. We won't do it. But we were wrong. Yeah. Right. Because the people said you're wrong. And we can admit that. We can admit that. I remember the gentleman's name and we have a lot of respect for you because we have so much respect for you. We've been doing what you asked one guy this whole time and now everybody's upset. What, Polly? Well, I'm just thinking that this guy must be younger than all of us. OK, our demographic <laughs> requires this schedule to be said every week so they can yeah. remember what the hell is happening. <laughs> That's right. Hey, he's younger. You know why? So, so, it, I forget his name. They, they need they the youngers need everything like right now best snip immediate gratification yes 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 I run through that uh, so th- so in honor of our change in attitude we will be in Las Vegas the 27th of yeah. January and it's gonna be fun right on right on if you live close drive if you don't I'm telling you the the prices for air airfare and the airfares getting the airlines are getting better. I, I had a couple of good weekends, I must say. I, I've had terrible, horrible ones in the past, but have. I had a, I, I but I've had a couple of good ones now, and so I'm back on you know love and flying. Okay, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're boy. something else, kid. But I, I listen, went, uh, listen, <laughs> listen, Linda, Las Vegas, because here's what Linda, Linda. you don't know how much longer Las Vegas is going to be there. Just thought I'd bring that up. I never thought of that. Um, yeah, we should. We everyone should get there in case Las Vegas disappears sooner than we think. Uh, you I don't never, know what's going to happen on any given day. I, I never thought right. of that. Well, day. you know, if Las Vegas is on Friday, if you go, then you'll have done that, and then you could be gone the following day. The following Which, day. <laughs> so yeah, at least Sunday. you saw the concert. Look, everybody <laughs> calls you and goes Sunday. 
Vegas closed down forever. It might be time for the ancient aliens to haul your ass out of here. Speaking of which, Paul, I'm not even kidding. And pause one second for me. Are you still on the curse of Oak Island? And have they found the money pit? They're getting closer and closer. Getting closer, Paul. They were. It was December. It's a TV show. It doesn't matter, man. It's I'm great. I'm so glad. And every day, every week, it's getting better and thicker and thicker. You know, I don't know how long they can put it off, but. You know, they can probably take us another five seasons. Okay, I feel but, uh, better about being yeah. behind now and now I don't even care anymore. Okay, right. sorry, yeah, Bob. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I love these other subjects we're doing. Like we me and Paul were talking about sports. We don't usually cover sports here, but two issues. Whoa. Vegas is Yay. Friday. <laughs> Vegas is Friday the twenty seventh. So I don't want to hear about any football fans. Oh, I can't watch my playoff game because you got those all coming after the show. Vegas, go in there. Yeah, I don't want to hear it either. That's still playoff weekend unless it's uh, unless it's the uh, the funny Pro Bowl that they think we're all going to watch because they're making them play flag football. That could be that weekend, gentlemen. This is not a sport podcast. It is a playoff weekend. So this is a it's big a weekend sports, coming up for football. It's not a sports podcast, but it's a sports topic. If Paul and I yesterday watched the Jaguars come from 27 to nothing to win a game that no one thought they were going to win and that half of the population went to the store at yeah. halftime. So there you go. Don't put that up with me about this top topic. Susan, Susan's pointing to her wrist, all you audio people. She thinks What's this our boring. next gig besides Vegas? Yeah, you know why Susan thinks this is boring? Because it's not to paint you boys out of my picture. I'm painting you out. The Saints, the Saints, the Saints. Okay. I'm painting you out. Now listen. Next gig. All right, the next gig. Vegas, then what? uh, Vegas, then Mm -hmm. it is Cranston on February 11th for the benefit for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in Rhode Island. And that is Super Bowl weekend. So you come to the show Saturday night, and then you have your Super Bowl part. It's a big double weekend for you now. You got a concert and game, very fun. Yeah. So think about combining those. Y'all come very to the fun. concert, Cranston, and then y'all go to your game Sunday and watch the Super Bowl. Okay, it's on six o'clock at night back there. So it's gonna be amazing. Commands <laughs> in six o'clock. I hope, then the what I hope the airlines are happening. Why? <laughs> yeah. Why you say that, Paul? Uh, because we're gonna be traveling on uh, the Super Bowl Sunday home well i am anyway i'm gonna paint that out too planning on a saturday are we is it uh, is on a saturday Saturday? what's the number day 11 yeah the 11 that's the 11 super bowl travel day okay that's you go home monday you know or or, you know or you watch it on the plane or something uh after that is i'm going home sunday but susan a question for you have you booked your tickets for cranston susan probably not because you need to do that Okay. Hey, Rusty. I, hey, we're taking yeah, some business. Hey, should I reach guys? out to okay. Russ? Yeah, so reach out. Let him know. Okay. After that is the Flower Power Cruise. We are on all week. Three shows, a Q&A, and whatever. And what are those dates, Bob? For who might want to try and get on, but they can't because it's sold out. March There's a waiting list. You can go on there. People are going to drop out. March 23rd through the 30th is, the, is that cruise. After that, Wheeling, West Virginia with Lightning Strikes okay. again, Lou Christie. And then the Happy Together Tour, which is filling up, folks. We've had some adventures already. What's the date for Lightning Strikes with Christie? April 15th dare. is, is a, a big day because we're in West Virginia celebrating our concert with Lou Christie and the release of Rhythm of the World vinyl. Okay? So that happens. And that date day. is? 
April 15th. April so, 15th. Thank you, Polly. Yeah, if you want to ignore 15th. the tax component of okay. it's a trifecta, then it's your tax day. You got a concert. And uh, Ooh, I don't like that. The world's yeah. coming out uh-huh. final. <laughs> so yeah, you, yeah. You're having a fun time, right? <laughs> hey, so the happy together. Hey, listen, out. while I'm taking notes, is that full band? Full band or trio in Virginia? Trio. Love. Yeah, trio. Cranston, trio. Uh, oh, I know that. So happy together. We're getting an indication already Love that we're going out like May 30th or May 31st and staying till September 1st. These are kind of new new bookends for us. We're usually a little first week of June, last week they of March. I'm looking yeah. for the Nebraska State Fair yeah. again. I hope they can get that in. Uh, and we're having so yeah. here's, an, here's an adventure. We got a, uh, a little call and one of the places on the tour that they, they're not going to have us we've been uh we've had our wrist slapped for the war hoops in indian lake and we have an issue where we've been sort of canceled from a show and that's okay people get their feathers ruffled no pun intended but anyway so it's an interesting thing to be put in right it's very interesting to have that happen for something that Susan, right. Were you the war hooper in Indian Lake, Susan? I, I wasn't. I know I didn't do it. It's probably the young one. I am. I was. You were. Me and, me and, oh, no, I was a war hooper. It was, the, it was yeah. Paul being John and me. Don't you wish that we could remember how that, the fun we were having maybe, and hey, let's do that. Because look, people, we grew up playing cowboys and Indians. And I was often an Indian. I'm sorry, but I was. I'm not going to take that back because I was. But uh, we grew up with that. So our, our attitude is like fun and all that. And Indian Lake is harmless to us. But, you know, we're yeah, no big deal where people get upset at some things uh, that they shouldn't get upset at, but they still do. And then they have to take it out on somebody. And It's so convoluted and complicated on all levels that it's just it's no fun and it's not going to get solved. So we don't do it. And so here we've been presented with a situation in that category, in my my opinion, to be asked not to sing one of our songs we've been singing since I was eight years old. And it's like nothing to do with anything but a song. Do wa diddy diddy dum diddy do. Zippity doo da zippity day. Oh, it's like and we're little kids. And this is this to me is bringing something that's so heavy into something that's so light and that I can't. And it's one, one time in 50 something years where somebody got offended and look, we don't want to offend anybody. We're not, we're not welcome back there and we're not going to go back there. And we would never do that there because that upset them. But the thought that, go ahead, Polly. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, and it was just a person that wrote a letter in, it was not like everybody in this casino. I think the people that go to the show are going to not see us and they're going to go, wow, what the heck's going on? (laughs) The reason we're talking about it, folks, is that that some of you have written in. So we can ignore the elephant in the room or we can address the elephant in the room. And we don't care. You know, right. and, and by the way, it wasn't just the song that was. We canceled. actually don't. The, the group was canceled. So and, and forever. So it's like, what do we kind of ignore it? It's but, kind of but, funny. But so then here comes in this dilemma. Yeah, I mean, here comes in this dilemma, though, that that we, the kids, have to now sit and think, do we not sing our song anymore? Uh-huh. Or when we sing our song, do we? And we have to then out of awkwardness and 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 immediate respect, because that's how we knee-jerk react, but we forget we're all mm-hmm. 70 years old and need to maybe park our bench and think how we might actually feel about it as adults. 
um, and then respond respectfully yeah. accordingly, which is what I'm doing. I'm simply saying outside of all things, this is a song that I now have to consider singing. And I think that's taking everything way too far. And I'm not in, I'm not going to participate like that because then I'm doing all the bullshit that everybody else is doing. Yeah. So I say we sing Indian Lake until people say don't. And then we'll say, OK, we won't do this anymore. And it's simple and we don't got to get into anything. Well, here's what's going to be so great is that that day's going to come. OK, I forget if it's in August or June or July, August. but it's going to come and we're going to be so happy that we are not doing that show. We're going to be so happy because we can go to the snow movies. day or we can have we can a snow golf. day, you know, we so can golf, a snow day. We can yeah, do anything. Right. So we thank them. We thank them for the day off. But <laughs> an example, yeah. an example of the power of one. And it's our second example. One person says, hey, you're doing your gigs too much. Oh, well, we better stop. Well, that's wrong. And so we don't stop. Now we do stop this other thing. They said, but, but only there. And I will admit, we will admit, guys, when we first, this first happened, it was a little while ago. When it first happened, we said, oh, okay, well, we better wake up here. And we stopped doing the war hoops in Indian Lake for a while. It felt so weird. And so like, yeah. what are we doing? How can something that we did when we were seven and eight have to be apologized for in 2022? Yeah. And the answer is it doesn't. So crazy. It's and crazy. here's the thing, guys. We are respectful people. We yeah. do not. We are non-judgmental. We are respectful. If you strongly, I guarantee you, you feel more stronger than I do. You can have it. I'm good. Right. I'm good. In terms of what Susan said, that we're, we're, we we want to go along. We want to play along. We want to be good. We be respectful. We did respond and said, look, we won't even do the song. Yeah, for, well, first it was, we won't do the world. Somebody said, well, we won't even do the song. We got other hits we can do on the Happy Together Tour. Not good enough. You know, you got you to gotta punish the people. So, Susan, <laughs> you thoughtless seven-year-old, what were you thinking doing that with you? <laughs> Come on. Anyway, so that's happened, and we're having a lot of fun. And it's okay. You'll see it's not there. But, like, as of today, guys, <laughs> it's back on. I'm singing my little cute part. I love everything and everyone. So off my back, Jack. And if, but if somebody says to us, hey, we don't like it here in Toledo, Ohio, well, we won't do it in Toledo, Ohio anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we're here to please and entertain, but we're not going to modify our own. Not that's no. just silly. We did put the war hoops back. Yeah. If there's a problem, we're easy, easily to accommodate it. We don't have to do the song of Warrior if it bothers you. But if you cancel the yeah. group, then I walk away going, this is what's wrong with the world. Thank you. Me too. Like, we okay? agree. So, you know, maybe the song, not, that's not what's wrong with the world. That's what's wrong with uh, this state or something. But if, if when you cancel innocent people, uh, got a problem with that. Anyway, so we can move on. We've covered sports canceling uh we're having a tv direct round we're excited about that because i don't know what they do i swear to god now can you imagine all my children 27 years right so i knew erica kane tag i can i watched it you had to be there in the tag years right I, I wonder if michael i wonder if michael knows this i wonder if michael knows that each one of us um in our lifetime produces enough spit to fill up 500 bathtubs. 
I believe that spit. I believe in my lifetime I could fill up a house because I, I have you know chest stuff. At the people that you're saying normally, yes. right? Yeah, normally. Good lord. Oh, yes, yes, the <laughs> average person. And imagine we must eat a lot of it, you know, because we're not constantly hey, running. No. Hey, 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 let's move along. Okay, okay. Well, can I, I add one here, more I comment? This. I'm sorry, can I respond yep. to Paul? Yeah. Paul, this one, because it, it's an interesting oh. thought that um, <laughs> you have a factory in you that creates spit. Now, if the creation of, in the factory yep. runs ahead of your ability to deal with it, you're sick. So it's a big factoid, yep. Paul. I'm glad you brought that up. Because I'm going to try and cut. Let's move off a of spit. That's just, you know, that's like bathroom humor. I know so you've here, got, got some, but it was real, real good Listen. stuff, Paul. Okay. Come on. Did you know the average nose produces navel mucus to equal one cup every day? And how is that different? Yeah, we wanted to race you. away every from day. the mucus. What else you got, puffer face? <laughs> we've had, in, by the time we're dead, we have... We've had 1,000 different skins <laughs> because the entire surface of your skin is replaced every month. We shed. Mm. We shed, yes. In fact, Susan, <laughs> we shed 30,000 skin cells every minute. 30,000 skin cells every minute. I know. That's why sheets many, are gross. Why are we being many, gross today? <laughs> and how many bathtubs and cups does that fill? 500. <laughs> 500. 500. Do you know that every person at the lifetime has spent at least one year on the toilet? (laughs) Yeah. Is that one year on the toilet? Is that including sick years or is this an average? It's an average. It's an average of the norm. (laughs) It's an average of the norm. In these, in that article you write about that one in particular, did they suggest a way to like um, maybe spread that yeah, out yeah. Uh, and not, ha- or is there a way to consolidate to the year and you can get it all done? Or any suggestions? Well, they had, they had a suggestion, but it was like a cartoon to I'm the right, sorry, and it was y'all. this guy just exploding. Oh. I'm so sorry, everyone. I am so okay. sorry, everyone. But here, okay, and then before I go, I would like to have like, <laughs> a quiz, a, a riddle. Okay, so if Thank you God, Michael's to, here, <laughs> if you live to be seventy, how many beats will your heart have beaten? Ooh. At seventy, Bob's starting to count. Bob goes one, yep. Yep. two. Three. If you, it says if you live to seventy, which we've made it. Hey, Michael, hang on, hey, Michael. Michael where we got to figure this one thing out. Listen up. 300 million. What? 300 million. Okay. Good guess. That's a good one. Bob. Now I'm not going to go 300 million. I'm going to wish I had probably 10 more beats because you're saying I'm done with this amount. I want more. I'm going to say 10 million. Sue? Oh, wow. I'm trying to gauge your reaction to Michael's answer and to Bob's now. So hold on. I'm going to say 500 million. Okay, if we were on The Price is Right, Susan, you yep. would win because you're the closest without having gone over because the number is 2.5 billion heartbeats wow. by whoa, the whoa, time whoa, whoa. you turn 70. She was closest without, what did you say? Uh, uh, what, 500 Michael million. Said, Michael said oh. 300 million. Oh, yeah. he said 300. I saw him too. Susan would have <laughs> won the prize. Okay, Michael. Michael. Hey, Michael. Hey, 
We have promised uh, our listeners uh, to introduce people from all walks of life. Okay. And as we know, our theme has been musicians, 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 because we get to know what to ask them and stuff. Now we have Michael. Uh, hey, Michael, Pomerico yeah. or Pomerico? No, you said it right the first time, Pomerico. Pomerico. I like the America sounding uh, <clears throat> uh, pronunciation, but that's okay. Uh, we'll go with Pomerico. Uh, so, Michael. Okay, Paul, do you have anything before I start? Wait, I'm introing. I'm introing. Hold on. All right, go, Bob, go. So, from all walks of, from his walk of life as a TV producer, a TV director. Boy, have I got questions. Man, this is awesome, Michael. Thank you for being on. We have Michael Pomerico and a renowned TV producer, 27 years with all my children. So I, know I need to talk about Tad and Erica. We got things we got to get into. I'm not going to bore you with it, but I do have questions. We were all watchers and viewers. And uh, he's with us today, Susan mm -hmm. or Paul, whoever wanted next. Yes. I Holly. Oh, Susan, you always start them off. Why change now? Let's Thank get you. Them. Hi, Michael. Hi there, sweetie. Welcome to the Castle Podcast. Um, we're so excited to have you. And so I usually start off because I like to know what our guests were doing before they became the geniuses at what they do and what we know them for. So you and and also I have to say this I have watched all my children from the very first day to the very last day and uh, so when Michael and I met um he's a huge music um participator fan whatever you want to call it uh lover so we met out on the road and, and we were kismet right away we had such a great thing in common but besides his 27 years with all my children and I know there's photography involved I know a lot but I like to know what you were thinking. What was little Michael doing? Where you grew up in Jersey, mom, dad, Michael, family. What were your thoughts? You weren't thinking I'm going to grow up and I'm going to direct a soap opera. So no, what was what were you thinking? And what were your folks for you? What was your life? Well, my folks wanted me to be the best or the happy with whatever I decided to do. That's awesome. you know. perfect. Um, but I remember clearly um, in 1965 watching a show called Lost in Space with your <laughs> friend Billy Moomy, yeah. and then that tail tailed itself into Batman the, that next January, and then another show came along that following September called The Monkees, and I was in heaven, and I knew when I saw Batman and Robin coming down those poles, wow. I wanted to make, I wanted to be involved with television. I didn't want to be Batman or Robin. I wanted to be shooting it. I wanted to be involved. With okay, so, that is amazing. Yeah, that, so you, that is you amazing. were out the shoot because we're about the same age. What made you know something else going on on the other side? Because at your age. Um, that is a good question. I don't know, but I knew I was watching it. So somebody had to be shooting it. Okay. So when did you take that desire and that thing? So now you're, you know, junior high, high school, you're starting to become you. You're listening, obviously, to a lot of uh, music. Okay. So how do you morph that into? And Polly's got a question. I can. I just wanted to know what his parents did before oh, we went good, on. Good. Yes. Yes. I usually future. ask. Group's claims manager for a company called New England Life Insurance, and he used to insure the New York Yankees. So we used to go to Yankee games every year. Okay. Um, 
so he did that. My mom was a yeah. housewife. Cool, and, cool. So, and, uh, and they were into you. They backed you, like you said, whatever is going to make you well, happy. Yeah, so. but my dad and mom would say, you're wasting too much time watching television. So I had to laugh. Ah. <laughs> when yeah, I was yeah, in fourth okay. grade, we had to write to pen pals, and everyone in the class wrote to Spain, Hawaii, Australia, <laughs> Hollywood, California. I wanted my pen. I wanted to know what was going on out there. Oh, geez. Wow. That is very, very cool. So <clears throat> you got to get a job. Your folks also said, what are you going to be when you grow up, Michael? Right. Well, I went to college for television production. Okay. And my, my dad said that you need to have a plan B. So okay. I took a minor in uh, meteorology. So I <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to be a weatherman? No, 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 no. I'm saying that was my joke. I always say I oh. could have been a weatherman. You took meteorology in the back. college, Susan. As I don't know what yeah, that means, we studied, dude. <laughs> well, we studied the stars. We studied weather. We studied hey. rock. You know, all that sort of. It was geoscience was the actual okay. class now that I so that, but I always, I excelled in television and um, I had a professor who worked at ABC because the school I went to was in Jersey City. It was Jersey City State College where Nicholas. little went, right? Nicholas. And um, which was now New Jersey City University. And uh, so we had, because it was so close to New York, they would bring people that work in the business into uh, school to teach an adjunct teacher or whatever. And um, so I had somebody that worked at ABC there. Cool. And um, I took the class and I live in Homedale, New Jersey, which is right behind the PNC Art Center, actually. Right. And the um, there's a store here called Delicious Orchards, which is a fruit store. And I was working weekends while I was going to college. And lo and behold, I'm working in the store and who comes walking but my professor. And we started chatting and he said, you know, we took the finals last week. Why don't you, I'll give you my number, call me. He lived in the next town from me and wow. never knew that. And uh, he said, call me, I'll give you your grade. So that night I called him and he said, you did really well. He said, would you want to work at ABC this Holy summer? Holy shit. So I was like, okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to, the last week before I graduated, I had finals. I was supposed to start at ABC. So what I went, I did, went to all my professors and I said, look, I got my finals, but I got a job and it starts this week. And this is what I want to do. So they all let me take the finals around my- Wow. Were you a page when you first started or did you go right into a department? I went right into a department. I actually was in the play a videotape slash film playback studio oh, for, for the cool. network. Cool. And um, that studio was actually in New Jersey because if they aired out in New York, they had to pay an entertainment tax. So they built a little satellite studio in New Jersey yeah, and yeah. they ran the through the Lincoln Tunnel and blah, blah, blah. So I got on the air. So I started with putting on uh, Happy Days, uh, Laverne and Shirley, Eight is Enough. <laughs> All those shows were on film. They were on those, wow. like, like, in the, the movie big, theater. Yeah. Those yeah. big, no films. And we had to thread the projector. Yeah. At, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, three seconds to the top of the hour, the technical director who was in New York would push the button to automatically start. No pun intended. You and I have a connection. We were both members of our senior class in high school that were the first graduating class of our high schools. You at Holmdale, me at Middletown. That's number one. Pause to Bob and Mike. I can't get over a comment you just made. So your dad's the insurance guy for the Yankees. You're going to the Yankees. You're going to the Yankees. I think you're a Mets fan. What happened? I had my little son, Joseph, with me one day, and I was sitting, Mary, we stopped at a store. She ran in the store, and in the front of the store, it said uh, uh, the town was having a trip to Shea Stadium to see the Mets play. And I said, gee, Joseph's eight. I think it's time I take him to a baseball game. So we went to Shea Stadium. We went to see the Mets, and he fell in love with it. To be fair, my dad and I took him to see uh, a Yankee game. But there was something about the Mets, I guess, because it was his first. Okay. Was it the 69 Mets? Wait, was it the 69 Mets? No. No. Well, no. When Joseph was eight, about, uh, it was 99, I think it was. Oh, later. Okay. 99. Okay. That's good. Now, uh, back to the real. But I swear to God, when you said it was your professor that you bumped into in that whatever, wherever you were, that coffee shop, I thought you were going to say Susan Lucci walked in. And like, Me oh, too. <laughs> and the rest is history. Okay. Okay. So now, you're at ABC. Well, That's the rest a- was history. If, yeah. if he, if he didn't happens- met Susan Lucci at that moment, she wouldn't have had the wherewithal or the power to go, hey, why don't you come with me and we'll do some video yeah. work. <laughs> um, he okay, would just so have and buy. You love the job. You, you, you think this is the coolest thing ever. Uh, what's the next step out of the room there? Well, then the, I was what they call a vacation relief. And Paul, I've heard your stories. I've I've watched and listened to every one of your podcasts. I know this is number 70 something. How so fun I've, having you here, Michael. Keep one. going. Yes. And so um, I know you uh, were a page and you didn't look at your right. I know that story. <laughs> yeah. But I was hired as a summer relief. So what they did was because the networks and televisions on 24 hours a day, they can't shut it off while, you know, the engineers go on vacation. So they bring people in and they uh, get to train them and test them out, which is great for the network, because if you didn't work out, you're not coming back the next year. Right. Yeah. So Yeah. it's like an audition. So mm-hmm. I worked the first uh, four or five months, I guess it was like May through October and then they told me they were moving me into New York to finish out the year, which was great. So I w- became a tape operator in New York, a uh, film person, um, and I got laid off at the end of the year. And uh, they they said, you're coming back next May. And all during that time, my father would say, you sure you don't want to put your resume <laughs> again? You sure you don't want to put your resume again? Plan right. B. So, uh, no belief. Plan B. Plan B. But I got called back and have was there ever since. And that was the, um, so I started um, in 78, off, came back in 1979 and was with ABC ever since. Okay, but so now it's 79. How do you, I want to, I want to know how Michael okay. gets on all my children. So then I get to a, a department, but you're not going into tape. You're going into a place called Master Control. Oh. Master Control Ooh. is responsible for everything coming into the network and everything going out of the network. Wow. So so we would have remote feeds. And at that point, they were starting uh, World News Tonight where they had the 
or three or four anchors. Uh, Max Robinson was in Chicago sure. yeah. and was in Washington and Peter Jennings was in London. So we were dealing with all the um, satellite feeds uh, coming in. And so I learned all that. And when you do that, you'll also learn the studios okay. because all the studios need feeds and all the studios, everything went through master control. I mean, every 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 wire, every camera came into us before it went to the control room wow. because they could, they could patch those cameras to different control rooms. Just seen this huge computer room. Yeah, yeah. well, it wasn't computers then. It was analog. Now, yeah, analog. Just a, a question to accompany where you're at. The word director. The, the function of being a technical or a full-time director, if that's not in your head yet, you're just loving the scenery, the cameras being in this, the, the whole place, right? I was in heaven. Um, nice. I, I always said, I wanted to, I want to work in the business. I don't care what it is. I want to work in the business. Okay. I, yeah. I did always have a little, little soft spot for directing and for creating something. So once, uh, once I got in into master control, I, I started to, to love that stuff. Uh, we work with sports. I mean, I worked on, um, you know, when President Reagan was shot, all hell broke loose that day. And we were getting feeds from all over. Oh, wow. Oh, That's yeah. very exciting. Yeah. For ABC news yeah. people. Yeah. And for the biggest, the biggest event I ever worked on during that time of my, my career was when, um, uh, of Jimmy Carter was being sworn. Or, or I think, no, not Jimmy Carter, uh, Reagan. Reagan was being sworn in and they were releasing the hostages. Yeah. That yes. thing. That was such a chaotic day. Yeah. From everything. We were getting correspondence calling. We had we had remotes out at uh, where, where the hostages wow. were being released. We had the parade uh, for the for the president. And it was just you can't move fast enough. You couldn't move fast enough. Right. It's just all hands on deck. I can feel the yeah. excitement. And Carter, Carter was Michael Carter was trying to delay the release so it, it could no to speed it up so it, he could be president when it happened. Reagan, yeah. right? I don't. Yeah, yes, I do remember that. You're right. I do remember. That. So yeah, yeah. All he did was leaving. You had Reagan come in. You had hostages being released. Holy crap! It was a really chaotic day. This podcast has been brought to you by. Dr. Rock Positano of the Hospital for Special Surgery. Hey, we just want everyone to remember Rhythm of the World is an album we have, and it's 11 songs plus nine acapella, plus some oldie goldies from our past that we're going to have on as bonus tracks. All originals on rhythm, right? All new songs. That body of work was written by Bob, Susan, and Paul Cowsill. Come on now, you're out of your mind. We're loving it. We got the seven of us walked into the studio, guys. It was Russ and Mary Lassane on bass, me, Paul, and Susan, Ryan, and Brendan. And we had Justin Talkett being a, at the helm We had there. no record company executives standing behind us, breathing heavily about a release date because we have no record company. And Justin Talkett engineered us through the whole thing. And what the crazy thing is, is we got it done before this uh, virus hit. And yeah, we were just, you know, a lot of people must have been in the middle of something. Yeah. We actually had completed it. And that is a lucky break for us. Yeah, we're so excited about this. Rhythm of the world. It was mixed with Frank Filippetti. Mastered by Greg Cavalli. The music part is done. Now we're going to dress it up. We're going to package it. And of course, Dr. Rock Positano made it all. Our executive yeah. producer stepped in just at the right time as Pledge Music. Stepped in. That's a pun. You know, he is a foot doctor. So look for that. Don't forget. You can hear Don't a little forget. Rhythm of the World at the end of every podcast. Rhythm of the World. We might even play one or two songs through, through some podcasts. We're going to do it. 
So anyway, that takes me to around 1983. And uh, one of the guys I was working with wanted to be a technical director. He His passion was news. And so he got assigned. Now, I said to you that you have this vacation relief where you can work during the summer in another area and then get laid off. Well, lies as an employee of ABC, if you wanted to become a cameraman, you were working in control, you could go become a cameraman for the summer and they would get somebody to replace you. What? So, and then at the Wait. end of the time, you'd come back. So Wait, I yeah. said, I, what have I got to lose? I want to be a technical director. So I went oh, cool. and became what? a technical director for the for the. What is a technical director? See, I'm reading technical director. I don't know what that is. Ah. What, what do you What's do? What's the difference between a technical director and a director of a show? Go. Okay, great. Good, good question. Good question, technical Bob. Director is in charge of all the all the cameras, um, all uh, doing the show. Um, I was responsible for. Um, I had a switcher in front of me. Sometimes I'd work in a studio where I'd play shows on the air. That other job I was doing, hit the button. Now I was the person hitting the button and putting it on the air. And that was home. So you had to roll commercials in. Um, uh, you know, they put they put black slugs, they call them blank film, where the commercials go in the film. So the film's still going and you have to cut away to a tape commercial. Oh, and technical stuff. <laughs> and, yeah, it's all, it's all that kind of Not very technical. and everything. <laughs> yeah. So I became right. So I became a technical director. And at the end of the I, I worked uh midnight to eight sometimes at the local station because I worked for the network, but WABC was part of the network's working. So I did that and uh, I was all over the place. Okay. So it, when that period ended, I went back to master control. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I just wanted to this technical director. Are you in a, a booth most of the time? Or are you on a set? No. In and when you're in that aspect, as far as the uh, putting stuff on the air and all that, you're in a control room with, control with room. a board and you have an associate director and you have an announcer, you know, the announcers they used to wow. have, okay. you know, coming up tomorrow on, you know, whatever. We we wow. were, we mixed that not, in and do that live, wow. live throughout the whole wow. country. I couldn't um, do it. And so, so when that period of time was over for me and I went back to master control the next year, the same guy says, Hey, you're going to be in a TD this year. I said, I'm not going to do, I, I don't, I'm not going to go into working midnight to eight and all that stuff. I can't, I can't do that. Uh, I wasn't dating anybody at the time and life was just about work. Um, so at any rate, um, he talked, he talked me into putting in again and I put, I, I put in and on my schedule, when I got what they called upgraded, it said AMC. And I said, what's AMC? And they said, all my children, we're going to send you down there to train to be a technical director on the show. Awesome. So th that, it just, it just happened. Now, is that I, a moment for you? Was that, oh my God, this is the next level? Yeah, yes. And now what am I got myself into? Cause <laughs> I, I didn't know what was going to take me. So I went down there and I observed the technical director uh, who was doing the show, and uh, there's actually two of them. The thing about a soap opera is because a show aired every day, you have to produce a show every day, yes. and so you actually have two crew. You have oh. two technical directors, two associate directors, five directors, uh, <laughs> two ADs, and everybody rotates every other day, except the directors come in once, once a day. There's five of them. Once a week, there's five of them. So... Um, I was on the rotating schedule. And when I 
got to a point where I could, you know, now I'm sitting there, I have a script, I have to mark my script with all the camera shots. And all the director does when he wants a shot is he taps his pencil on the on the console. And that means to switch and you would switch. And I because I have a script, camera one, two, one, two, and I'm talking to the cameraman, camera two, everything is shot shot it's, numbers so there's like 300 shots yeah in a so it's ballet. like a ballet yes and i always so i always equate <clears throat> it to an orchestra i say when it's five four three two one cue the booms are flying the cameras are moving it's all moving it's all it's all in it all comes together michael and, I, yes. I can't tell you how exciting you make technical directing sound i gotta tell you it sounds like it's all over the place uh, a quick question on technical directing does the technical director interact and get to know the people on the soap operas, like the Susan Lucci's, the Tads, the, all the people involved? Yeah, you're in, you know, you're always, you spend a lot of time with these people. I mean, we start our oh. day at 7 a.m. and we're out of there at 8 o'clock, sometimes oh, 9. I did a show with Stevie Wonder. I got out of there at 2 in the morning, so... Wow. You know, Stevie Wonder was on the show. Yeah. Yeah, everybody cool was on that show. So all through this time and you know, all it sounds like you were pretty locked into the booze and, and the thing. So I can see this. You might not have had this, but a lot of people I run into all the way up to directors half the time, they always had this desire to be on the other side of the microphone and use this other side of the microphone to get themselves to where they could like go, go to the director. Hey, why don't I do that little bit part? Did you ever have that, you know, no. feeling in you? No, no, I never, I never cool. thought about any in front of the camera. I just love the, I love the editing. Um, I yeah. love just putting the pieces together to create something. Uh, okay. Yeah. When do you go from, cool. go ahead, Bob. No, no, you go. Okay. When do you go from technical to regular old director? Well, and I'd say about 10 years in, I started, I mean, you, you, I sat next to five directors every day was another one. And right. you, you pick up the good points. You want to squat, you okay. see what works, what doesn't work. And I just one day just decided to go to the producer and say, hey, you know what? I mean, I've been just now for 10 years. I would love to, you know, the opportunity to learn to direct uh, the show. I think I could do it. And so she gave me, a, she said, why don't you go audit an, an acting class and why don't you go see what, you know, uh, direct something and uh, put, you know, just just block some scripts. I'll give you a director that you could work with that he'll look at you, block a scene and then he'll he'll grade you on how well. Wow. So that's what I did. I did Were you that. an AD and, first? No, never became, no, I never was an AD okay. when I went out. I, assistant I director that. is that okay. term guys yeah. that we use yeah. in TV right. same, yeah same. cool and um so i got to a point where they said okay you can do some scenes so my very first scene i ever directed was with mark consuelos kelly ripa's husband he was the first scene i ever directed and um it, mateo it went, yeah mateo <laughs> yeah, you got it um, and then I started doing more scenes, more scenes, more scenes. And then they said, um, we think you can do a show. So I did a show. So I did a show a month because I still was a technical director. So I okay. did all that together. Um, and then uh, eventually um, I was doing more shows, doing two shows a month. Okay. Quest question about the first one, the first <laughs> one that you directed. So you direct 
that's a big day. So you direct this episode and are you on the phone to your mom and dad say, you won't believe this, it's coming up. I directed this episode. <laughs> I, are, are you just going to town on it? It must have been a big day. Well, you know, the weird part about it is because I was when I would do scenes from the shows, I had the other director looking over my shoulder. And so it was when when I did it myself, I was by myself. I didn't have that, you know, person saying, no, yeah. you, could, you, could, you know, don't forget, do this or do that or whatever. I just did it. And okay. I was more relaxed. Oh, and good. Yeah, when I did the first complete show, I walked out of there at night like, what did I just do? Because I'm telling you, it, it yeah. is you get on a train in the morning and you, you get off when the show stops at night and that thing is moving and you're hit. You know, you're responsible. If you get Paulie, you'll know. Scenic will come up to you and say, "We're, you know, this, that, or you'd have to move it or I can't get my camera here. I need props to get <laughs> yeah, yeah. that. You know? Can you hide video village? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Or the, you know, the booms are in the shots. How do we, where can I put the booms? Yeah. You know, you I see the shadow. I see the shadow. Yeah. <laughs> Technical directing. I, I think I got that. Directing. Now, this is basic. Look, I don't know anything about this stuff, but is this where you get to, as the director, like go up to go to Susan Lucci and go, hey, Susan, you know, I'm not feeling it from you. You know, Are you allowed to do that kind of stuff? Yeah, well, yeah, but, yeah. Okay. but no, but okay. as a director, every movement you see on, tel on a television show is what the director has told them to do. So oh. you have to tell them when to walk sit, come over here, get a cup of coffee, whatever it is that, that you see them do, the director plans. Okay, so may I? And that's all blocked out. Correct. So let's say 7 a.m., coffee, bling, bling, bling. Okay, everybody on set. So Michael starts off by going, okay, Susie, you're going to sit down here and Tad's going to come in. He's going to yeah. say, blah, blah, blah. Tad, you're going to put your cup down. Susie, you're going to get up, walk over to the lamp, turn it on. You're going to then, Tad, you're going to throw, you're going to throw That's that ashtray out. Yeah. You're getting excited. Well, no, but you're you're right. But what okay. we did was we met at 730 in the morning in a rehearsal hall where I just had the actors and we moved chairs around. OK, they blocking and they would I'd say, OK, here's the door. You walk in the door, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Da, da, da. OK. And then they would mark their script, what their what their movements are and okay. would rehearse the scene. And then they might say, I'm having a problem with this line. Can I say this instead of that? Can I this can more know. comfortable doing this? Do I have to wow. lift that? Right. So, you know, and sometimes I had the authority to say, yep, that's fine. That's fine. If something involved the story, I'd have to go to the executive producer. I said, we'll, we'll clear it with. Oh, the OK. Headquarters. Right. Hierarchy. And then okay. at 10 o'clock, we would come down to the studio floor where the cameras have been setting up. And now we do the rehearsal all over again with cameras and the cameramen have shot cards that the technical director made out for them. And he has shot. 42 is a two shot shot 43 you know he has his number okay and it all so we do it again and that's where we find out wait a minute you want me to cross here but the coffee table's here well <laughs> wasn't there in blocking yeah can you move it <clears throat> so so that deck yeah. <laughs> this is every day every day you go through everything yeah and every then day. we go right and then we would go to lunch and then after for like 12 to 1 then we'd come back and we would do a complete dress rehearsal nonstop. And when we did the show, when I started, we used to do it contiguous in a whole scene. So we would have 
two cameras for this scene and the other scene in down in another set was getting ready. And then we go there live and we would do all these cameras would be moving in between scenes to get to their proper place. So you had a plan. Gee, when I go to this set, I only have two cameras because I use three here and we had five cameras. So I got to give camera three time to get down to this set. So I can't give him any shots until he gets there. Incredible. To work out all this timing. And then when that we do the whole show that way, and then they do a thing what they called red chairs or notes where the all all during the time of the rehearsal, I or the producer would be taking notes saying, you know, Susan, come in, you know, uh, you're too lethargic, uh, you know, or you I'm giving notes on what you said before about I need you to be fired up, Susan, or I need you. you Gotcha. Yeah. Now, how long? So this is your day and it's a long one. Now, mm-hmm. when you but but when you go home, aren't you mapping out the next day at night at home? Well, as a technical, well, let's just stick with directing. No, I had a whole week. But here's the thing. Two weeks oh. prior to the show you're going to do, you have oh. a production meeting where you've read an outline and you say, OK, you know what? I'm going to need a bucket of ice here. I'm going to need this. And you have your notes. You have a meeting. So on days, some days when I'd be directing, I'd also have a meeting to go to during lunch to talk about a show I'm doing two weeks. Holy from. shit. So 27 years every day. Yeah. it's, it's how, how far how far ahead in, in that spirit? How far ahead are these actors and actresses receiving their script? Because they got to come in and memorize, don't they? Right. But they get it. They get it. What they get it when I get it, because that's when the script's published. OK. OK. And um, a that, couple of weeks before you mean. Even. Yeah, I would say so about you, weeks prior. They, so the, you're the, guarding the scripts. You can't let these scripts out. Fans like us <laughs> want to know what the heck's going on. Right. This is yes. valuable stuff. How do you is it in a vault? No, it's you know <laughs> us. We're not. <laughs> There's scripts everywhere. Scripts everywhere, yeah. You find them under the sofas and. Everything. Did you find? Did you find the actors and actresses varied all over the place in terms of who comes in prepared? They memorize their lines. You know they're ready, but you meet no but names. Someone, but yeah, I don't. No, I don't want to bust anyone. No, I'm just. I'm curious. not busting anybody, but I'll tell you somebody like Michael Knight who played Tad Martin that you asked about. To me, when he came to the set, he never brought a script with him. Do you know why? I can tell. Because he knew it. Oh. And he was that level. Yeah. 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 And sometimes he would say things like, he'd say, oh, wait a minute, what's that line? Let me just see the script. And then there was a a stage manager who had the script that would run over and show the line, or I'd yell out what the line is. But for the most part, he, he really was... Okay. I I remember one day coming into work and I was walking into the building and Kelly Ripper ran past me and I said, I'll, I'll see you. I'll see you in five. And in a couple minutes, she says, yeah, I have to look at my script first. (laughs) She knew, (laughs) she knew it. She was another one. Yeah. They got good at it. I bet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Oh my God. I just forgot what I was going to say. I'm so good. I get so flustered thinking about all of this. Um, oh, oh, while you're thinking, Susan, let, let me just digress, because I had a, a question here that we're, we're going to take you back to when you were a kid. So did you play sports? Yes. Baseball. Big baseball fan. Love baseball. Cool. Absolutely. Cool. Baseball. I'm baseball been very, very good to him. Yeah. Just um, love the game. Yeah. I have a question. Cool. Um, 
it's amazing. I, technical directing gets an Emmy. You know, I, I'm going, wow, that's a job that gets an Emmy. I'm seeing it. Michael's right got behind him. I'm six seeing or seven him. Emmys, 15 nominations, technical and regular. So my question is, when you were a technical director, were you getting, were they getting given Emmys out to technical directors at that time? Sure. Yeah. And you that, thought, and, and what is it that you guys do that, that, uh, that warrants an that Emmy? you I win mean, the best uh, version of. Well, yeah. the, the category is technical ex- excellence in a daytime drama. That's, you know, right. uh, I, your, just I bet I could answer. It's the best technical director gets the money. Because, Bob, let me tell you something. That they would give an Emmy to that position. That's what I'm asking. The history of that, you know. But but if you watch a lot of soaps on a lot of different channels like I do, and you can honestly see like a more, like a show you're Mm -hmm. watching that's more fluid, that's uh, just isn't clumsy, isn't, um, I don't know. That's how, after you described what it is. Good. Right. We did a the the show we got our for that I got my first Emmy on. We we did a, a tornado came through Pine Valley and we had something like that. And we destroyed we we yeah. I mean, we had little peanut cameras in the floor. We had ah. we put them all over the set. And it was great. Yeah, and we destroyed uh, basically destroyed the sets. I love <laughs> and, it. Um, you know, it was. Real, and as you're know. winning. All these Emmys. I'm so, go ahead, Paul. I because this is just a well. Uh, I, I, I had another question because I did notice every now and then, and I'm telling you, every now and then, um, the, you guys would do location, right? A location Budapest. shot off the, off the set, right? Off the stage. So, and they were so infrequently, you know, it seemed like, well, why would they do it? So was it just mandatory because of the the the, the writers saying, hey, this is what's going to happen here and we got to do this? Well, I believe it's motivated because of sweep weeks, sweep months. Oh. I believe February, May, and I think. Yeah, okay. Okay. So see the shows that had the two-parters or whatever. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. That's how they charge their ad rate. So they would. That's when these remotes would take place. So sweep week, Dimitri and Erica are going to Budapest. I'm not watching. I'm not watching another world this week. I'm watching this one. (laughs) Right. Because we're going to Budapest. Plus, I mean, everything. Uh, Yep. Right. Uh, Right. Yep. Got you. Cool. Michael, while you're winning all your Emmys and, and including all of your nominations, are you are you feeling empathy? Or are you getting into it all this fact that poor Susan Lucci can't catch a break? I mean, is that a part of the scene of Emmys with oh, all wow, my super family? Wow, great question! No, it, 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 it is. Susan is very, very sweet lady. Mm-hmm. Um, I, myself and the one that played Kendall, her daughter, were supposed to have lunch with her in a couple of weeks, I believe. Um, when, when she, well, first of all, Tall Kendall? When she would, uh, yeah, Alicia. Okay, tall, skinny Kendall. Okay, go. Sorry. When you would, when you, when Susan wouldn't win, (laughs) she was very good about it, but we were like, oh, we better not say anything. That's what I mean. Because you guys are raking it up. And she's probably going, how can everybody get this but me? (laughs) But how could she not ever get it? Because that's that's just insane. Some happened at the end. She got an honor. Some happened at the end. Oh, she got it. She got it after 19 years. Yeah. It was a very big deal. But wait. Okay. So I'm sorry, but I have to finish this moment. So, Michael, 
So I'm sorry, but this is very important. And a lot of um, all my fans will be very happy. Uh, and plus, our fans are going to love seeing Michael because Michael's popular in his own right out in our council world. So this is cool. But Michael, right So, Michael, <laughs> here we go. So did you stay with it the whole way till the last day when everybody got told it's over? Yep, I did the second. You got to bring me through that, man. Um, well, it was not pleasant. I, so may, may, one had, thing, let me tell the yeah. boys, guys, watching the show. And they literally tell us either that day or whatever, it's over. And we, the public, were told that the cast and crew and everybody else working also did not know it was done. Go, Michael. Well, that's correct. We found out in April that it was going. OK, but we stayed in production till August because we finished out in September. That must have been rough. Yeah. Well, the rough part about it was in 20, the end of 2009, they came to us and we had a big meeting and and they told us that the show was moving to L.A. So we went on a two week hiatus and moved all my children from New York to Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, that was like, what do you? What do you mean? We're just, you got, you know, what's going on here? But there was the feeling of, well, gosh, they must really like the show. Their the show's not going anywhere if they're going to move us to, you know, to save us, to save the. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I went out there, Mary, my wife, um, was very gracious in letting me go. Uh, maybe she wanted me out, but no. <laughs> She's sitting over here and I don't. Oh, want to... Of course she <laughs> is. Hey, Mayor. But, um, at any rate, um, so I went out, I got an apartment and uh, I, I went out for a couple, I was going to go for three months and see what it was like. And they wouldn't let me go. They wanted me to stay. So I stayed. I got an apartment eventually. Um, Mary would come out and visit. The kids would come out and visit. I'd go home. I'd do the, uh, you know, go home on a Friday and come back to LA on a Sunday and stuff like that. Oh boy. Um, and then, um, the show they pulled pulled the plug on the show i mean at one point mary was out we were looking at houses <laughs> yeah. because i would think the move to la felt like they're amping up the show you so, know yeah rebirth okay so the everybody moves to la because all of you guys do not have a clue that this is happening correct correct and then so how many days like how when did they call susan and go your show's over kid um, I believe she found out the day that it uh, that they pulled the plug. OK, this is what we were told. We yeah. the all my children community just about died, as yeah. did our people that day. Yeah. Didn't you all have contracts? Didn't you have contracts and they broke them? Or I, I don't know that. I don't know that aspect of it. I'm sure okay. there's a clause in the contract. If your show gets canceled, then your contracts are void canceled. or whatever. Yeah. But no, no, so we we were. I got a phone call because I wasn't directing that day to come into the studio at eleven for a meeting. So I went to the studio and everybody was there in the studio floor, and people were speculating. Mm. You know, oh my god, I love that time. It's exciting when it is speculation. And then so we're waiting, and eleven comes, eleven oh five comes, eleven ten, and all of a sudden the door opens, and the executive producer, the head of ABC Daytime, and Susan Lucci come walking in the room. Oh, and the look on Susan's face, oh, story. I mean, and so yeah, they yeah. and they canceled One Life to Live the same day, so they had a satellite hookup 
to New York so that this head of daytime could address both studios, both shows. Wow. So wow. crazy. So okay, here's a question. That's amazing. Why do you do you have any idea how and why with the unholy three right there? Days, GH, all my. Why two? And why did GH say? Well, I believe that it wasn't a ratings move. I believe that the ABC daytime. Well, first of all, I'm not going to say anybody's name, but if you went on on this person's LinkedIn, his his uh, bio says that he successfully transformed the ABC network from a, a drama based to an informational based. Oh, is that what he did? Format. Yeah, and and also the fact that it was expensive to produce the soap. You know, there's well, but let me ask you: Was it still popular? Or were we still watching? Was it still Absolutely. working? I don't think any but any show. I mean, they've gone through what two or three shows, four shows, yeah. whatever. I don't think any show has ever done as well as the as All My Children and One Life to Live. Like it was a life changer, man. And I know you guys think it's silly, but it was. Can I go back into the room? So these three come out with Susan Lucci and you're going to learn right there. You learned it right there. What did you do? Did you all go out to Danny's after? And, and, well, uh, we were in shock. I went outside and called Mary uh, back here in the East. I said, guess what? We just got canceled because you're going to find out about it on the news. So, wow. So I told her and then we just sort of like we're numb, you know, and I still had a show to do later that week. So I sobbing. Yeah. Did they feel that they gave you all enough time to get your affairs in order and go for something next or they didn't care? Well, what happened, interestingly, about a month after all this, you know, what are we going to do and all that stuff? We were approached. We had another meeting from a company called Prospect Park, and they said that they were going to they, they were going to license the shows, both yeah. my wife and all my children and put it on the Internet. And they said that their, idea. they said that their hope was that we would finish production on a Friday for ABC and start on Monday for the internet. And that was their plan. So we had the last production day on uh, August 28th, something like that in, in, in uh, for ABC. And then we were going to start on Monday. Well, as that date became closer, they ran into some issues and they had to put it off and um, put it off till September, put it off to, I mean, till, till the till October then it got pushed past November. Then it was going to be in early January. Aww. So I finished all my children. There wasn't the feeling that it was really the end. It was the right. end network, but there was this feeling, well, heck, I had an apartment out there. When when the show was over, I came back east and that apartment apartment stayed vacant until February the following year when I had to give it, when I finally gave it up because we still weren't doing this internet. Wow. The internet thing did start in 2013. We shot in Connecticut and we did. Um, oh, the, yeah. the I remember the yeah, strange those, little Pine Valley thing going on. Yeah, it was very different. It was very odd. You it know? Was now, odd. Were, were the people that were dismissed on, on August 28th, are most of them veterans of the show like you uh, who really took this like you just broke my family up or did, were people coming and going all during your 27 years there? Um, well, I'll say this too. And I'm, again, I'm not going to mention names, but there was one actress who was hired that lived in LA and was talked into coming to New York. And this person didn't want to go to New York, but they said, we really want you for this part, come to New York. 
So they, this person went to New York, set up shop, and uh, like <gasps> later they said, we're moving the show to L.A. <laughs> oh, shit. That's Michael, you would agree that having 27 one. years on a TV show is is incredibly uh, fortunate and a little bit of luck's involved there, you know, because to their to these guys point, most of the people in TV and movies, they know that it's things aren't going to last. And so you're always having in your head, where's my next gig coming from? And you're constantly uh, doing that. And Michael, having 27 years at one spot. He's it's been a little different for Michael than most of the crews and stuff. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right. You know, um, I had a conversation with Willie Ames uh, a little while ago when we were talking and he said, man, I would have died to be on a soap. And I said, you know, but I feel like I maybe should have spread my wings a little bit and Mm. done something else. Got you. Yeah. Yeah. He said, dude, you were on a show for. 27 yeah. years that doesn't happen man yeah it's i'm with just, willie yeah, yeah it's so, historical it's historical yeah. especially yeah. that'll never happen again probably we, we thought it was great when green got six years six episodes six you know seasons like that was like wow we couldn't believe this was happening right so yeah it's nice right. when they can run yeah no it was great and it allowed and then so when the show's finished i did um i got a little bit into the little music thing i did the um OJ's 50th anniversary concert. I was going to say what came after that. Yeah, I did. It did that. Um, shot it and edited it um, at a theater here. And uh, you guys have probably played there. The um, Bergen Pack, I think. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I sure enough. There. We had um, we did it all high definition. I did um, uh, some work on Johnny Maestro and the Brooklyn Bridge. Cool. Uh, and cool. Cool. I also that's how I met Gene Cornish. Uh, I did that. What he was in a group called the New Rascals at that time with him, yeah. and Dino, and two other guys. So I did a, a DVD for them. So um, excellent. Yeah. So and I'm what crazy, are you? Crazy. What's going on for you? Where, what What are you thinking? You feel like doing? Well, I just um, working with Alicia Minshew, the one who's Kendall on All My Children. And this past year, we did a pilot for a, a TV show called Eltingville which is um, based on Eltingville, Staten Island. And we shot it during COVID over three days and um, I edited it and uh, they've submitted it for five uh, festivals and it's won four four of the five festivals. Yeah, so hopefully that's, we'll see where that goes, but um, you know, it's a different different world. But yeah, you know. tell us about it. <laughs> You're preaching to the choir, pal. Now, yeah, I know. Yeah. As I'm looking at as I'm, I'm looking at my notes here. Best been, album, guys. Excuse me. This oh. is a great album. Thank you, Michael. Oh, thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. I didn't expect to see that. Wow. <laughs> but but so 2014 oh, is this this pride the series and stuff is that that's oh, yeah. you right you're you're yeah i did that, that. i was that asking. had a good that had a, a more normal kind of run you're not going to go 27 years on that what a couple of years at least right right yeah i was asked um by someone that if i was interested in directing this thing called pride the series and uh so i did we shot it in manhattan on the streets of manhattan and uh that was that was interesting it was fun um and then it just did its thing what, what, was that an ensemble kind of thing you had so many guests on that show and the and actually even gina davis i saw <laughs> you must have met her but that was so cool it seemed like a cool run i can't remember it was on amazon i think it was oh on yeah it was like amazon an amazon thing 
I did this pilot and we're supposed to do, uh, hopefully we're going to do more episodes. So I will get, you know, back into directing that. Stuff. I love Kendall. I love the chick who played Kendall. I, I, I'm, she's a friend of yours. She's, so you hear from some of the, like, do you hear from? I always text Cameron. Yes, absolutely. So you say, and of course, you guys know my my and Cameron's uh, airline moment, mm. whereupon he, he gave oh, me a ride home in his limousine. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> Bob, real quick. I'm traveling with the Continental Drifters. I'm meeting them out at a show. I am in overalls. I look like a bag lady. Ryan from All My Children's in First Class. We get off the plane. <laughs> Ryan is coming off the plane and he forgot his stuff in the back of his seat. But I haven't crossed the borderline. They, you can't go back. And I go, I'll go get your stuff. So I ran and grabbed his stuff, handed it to him. So then now we're going down the elevator. Now no, maybe, I could give you, maybe I could give you a lift into town. I'm like, ah, dude, I'm married. And he goes, ah, it's okay. Let's take that. Come on. I You got to go into town limousine the whole thing he had just been at a it was hilarious and it's ryan and so he tried to get me go out to dinner with him and i didn't go out to dinner with him and it was fun that's cool yeah no i i still talk to him and alicia like maybe once a week we chat about tv stuff we have got to have a a tea cocktail i have got to sit down in front of him he's got to remember oh oh my god but um (laughs) look we right. love you. We have enjoyed yeah, that was great, Michael. getting that was to so know you. And this, so this has been cool, right? We really, we came with so the walk, other walks of life and what a great representation. So we know a TV director. We know a freaking Emmy award winning TV I director. Mean, boop, 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 boop. Yeah. Your, your Michaelness became, you know, what you did yeah. to us. And then you got, it got real big there. And I said, I wonder uh, if it'd be interested. Uh, anyway, thank you so much. Excellent. Like I said, I listened excellent. Every- Every week I'm there. So well, I'm glad we could introduce you to the folks and everybody that that's in our podcast world. It's just too cool. Oh, they know, and they and they know. I swear to God, this is going to be fun. We're going to hear about Michael's cast. I know it. <laughs> Everyone, look for anything with Michael Pomerico on it. And by the way, he's not a politician, and he didn't. Uh, win uh, the employee of the year as a policeman. Those are the other <laughs> Michael Pomericos online. Uh, uh, All right, Michael, yeah. you have something you'd like to say before we go? Nothing, just that I just, we, we Mary and I love your your shows and you guys love are three people. And I could tell you that when people walk out of your shows, there's a smile on their faces. Hey, it's uh, all we awesome. care about. At the end of the day, you guys yep. You guys right. We'll see you out there this summer, right? Yes, you will. Okay, right on. Michael, I want everyone to know that Michael did this almost on no notice. It's like a holiday. And, you know, we got we got to do an episode like. And we needed to be another walk of life. That yeah, was the thing. That's for <laughs> that sure. was the ticket. Instead of our walk of life. <laughs> I learned more than I ever knew. Learned more than I ever knew. All right, everybody. Till next time. Uh-oh, we lost Polly. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks, Michael. Okay. Love to marry Mike. Okay, everybody, we hope you enjoyed visiting with us today. We definitely had a blast visiting with you. 
Don't forget, each episode of the Council's Podcast is available to download on demand. So please subscribe and give us a rating. Thumbs up. You can also follow the Council's on Facebook and at Council.com. Coming soon is our new release, Rhythm of the World. And of course, we will see you in concert. And on the road. Until then, let's stay in touch by tuning in each week for another episode of the Castle Podcast. Podcast. Yes. Yes. You gotta love it.